So if, uh, if anybody's wondering, we have a new intro. Uh, intro by Kenzie Bolin, my my better half. Uh, welcome to After Credits. Glad to be here. <laughs> she doesn't know how to handle herself because she hears me doing these these episodes literally every time that I record them. And now she brought up this idea. She's the one who came up with the idea of choosing, you know, we have 16 genres that we're going to be going through, but choosing these genres and then saying, hey, what are our favorite movies? Not necessarily like this is what is the best, but just what are our favorites in those categories? Because we have different tastes. Mm -hmm. Like what, what's your taste in movies? Very different from yours. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's your taste? <laughs> I only care if it's entertaining. You care about like the, the performances and the director and like you like get the nitty gritty. I just care if it keeps me entertained for the amount of time. <laughs> what's, what's a recent movie that entertained you? Ooh, in like the last year, Barbie, loved Barbie. Okay. And I feel good about that because it was actually nominated. So it's like a best of both worlds kind of thing. So you're acclaimed. You're a critic <laughs> yeah. now. You know what you're talking about. Um, I loved The Little Mermaid. <laughs> you say that like it's embarrassing. The Little Mermaid was good. I'm not embarrassed. I love The Little Mermaid. <laughs> um, Yeah. What do you think is the best live action Disney remake? Like give me your give me your top favorites and one that didn't work too. Give me a, a movie that didn't work with Disney. Oh, I'd have to say Mulan did not work. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's pretty great. worldwide. Agreed. Um, my personal favorite I really think is The Little Mermaid. I love The Little Mermaid. Okay. I loved also I think this one's controversial. I loved Aladdin. I loved Cinderella. I really liked all of them. I feel like I'm not I'm easy to please. I'm <laughs> I don't think a lot of people know that there was a Cinderella remake. Yeah, has Lily James? Is that yeah, her name? Lily, Lily James. James. Love her. She's what was that? Twenty thirteen? Like, was that that was, was a long, a time, long ago. time ago? Yeah, and that one's like I don't even know if that one is on Disney Plus. It might not be a Disney. Is oh. it a Disney official remake? I thought it was. Ah, we'll find that. We'll out find later. out later. But anyways, so you, so Kenzie has a deep relationship with movies. I mean, obviously we're different in the sense of I, you know, just our tastes. Like I like kind of these psychological thrillers, these gritty, you know, really thought provoking. Like I don't know, they're a little bit more uh, stretched out, and yeah. I feel like you love entertainment. I like, feel like you want you, it to be. You appreciate the art of it. Yeah, and yeah. I, I just, I like the escapism of it. I like that. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So do you have, like, what's your relationship with movies? What got you into watching movies? Everybody has their own thing. I feel like, I don't know. Like, I feel like just, I mean, probably a basic answer, just like growing up, like watching movies with my family and stuff. We always had like the the movie pass and the AMC pass. So we would go to like a couple movies every week. So I got really used to just going and seeing whatever with my family, but I like the escapism of it having, you know, when you're having a hard day, just watching like a funny movie. So when I met you, you were going to movies with your dad every Saturday, like genuinely yeah. every Saturday. It was like, hey, let's hang out. But before I'm going to go to this movie with my dad. So I'm curious, did your dad ever go to movies that you wanted to watch? Or did you always go to movies that he wanted to watch? You know, that was one thing that he was good at. If I wanted to go see a movie really bad, he just enjoyed being able to go to the movies. He wasn't okay. very like picky about what exactly we it was that we were seeing, just that he got to go to the movies. So if I wanted to see a movie, he had no problems going and seeing it with me, which is always nice. Do you remember him watching a movie that you wanted to see, that you liked, that was not his style, that he ended up really liking? Hmm... Oh gosh, that's a good question. He hates musicals, 
and I always made him watch the musicals. I think he really enjoyed The Greatest Showman more than he thought he would. Um, I feel like there were a few, just can't can't think of them off the tip of my tongue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he went and saw Godzilla Minus One with your mom, and I remember yeah. them talking about that, saying they enjoyed that more than they realized yeah. that they would. Like, they thought they were, it was just going to be a movie-going experience, and they were like, this is pretty good. So Yeah, true, yeah. My family is definitely the type that when you see a movie and they really like it, it's on repeat in the household for a decade. Yeah, I mean, like just, Crazy Rich Asians. I was oh gonna say Crazy God. Rich Asians, Jurassic World. Yep. <laughs> when I met Kenzie, her mom was watching Crazy Rich Asians on repeat. Uh, your family watches a Christmas story on loop on Christmas on Day, Christmas so it's just Day. It, it, what four times, five times, maybe. Okay. Just it's always on in the background, even if we're not like watching it. It's always on throughout the whole day, so I refuse to watch it any other day of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I get my kick out of it. <laughs> Do you have a like a favorite movie going experience, whether that is with your dad or your mom or friends oh, you know or what? me? Actually, yes. <laughs> you know what? Okay, two. Obviously, I have to say the Barbie world premiere. That was yeah. probably the coolest experience of my life in a movie. But I also loved the the last Spider-Man that came out when we all went and, and saw that and everyone was cheering in the crowds. Oh, I just I loved like the liveliness. When they released when, her, or when Tobey Maguire yeah, and, Andrew and Andrew Garfield. Garfield yeah. I was like, oh my God. It that was, was so fun. Good. <laughs> I feel like those moments are like when you're experiencing them, they don't feel as like memorable. Like they're mm -hmm. special. But then a year after, you you tend to realize yeah. that doesn't happen in movie theaters yeah. like ever. Oh, and, and you know what? Another one that comes to my mind is The Last Twilight. <laughs> Anyone who went to see that Twilight. Knew the moment when Carl Hill's head oh. was in the hand. That was <laughs> traumatizing. It was... Yeah, I feel like for anybody who likes Twilight, you're going to get oh, one side of the Twilight fandom that you'll never get on this podcast. You'll get that with Kenzie because would you say that's your favorite movie or favorite trilogy? Or... It's one of my favorite four. series four of ever. Yeah, it's like it's a definitely a comfort series. Okay, love so... Twilight. I watch it at least twice a year. But Beast. before we go into movie news, then I got to ask you, we're going to do a little this or that. Okay? okay. So Twilight series, Harry Potter series. Fuck you. Can I say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Spencer. Wait, can I, can say, I say that on this podcast? Um, I would like to plead the fifth. <laughs> no, no pleading the fifth. You got to choose one. We're going to narrow this down. We're going to figure out what's Wait, your favorite fine. movie series. You know what? I'll have to say Harry Potter simply because of the world that's also built around it. Not only is it a way longer series and we grew up with these characters while they were growing up, but there's Harry Potter world and Harry Potter stores and all these crazy things. Like it, it's something that is continuously a part of our lives, even though it ended a decade ago. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah. So would you say that's your favorite movie series? Like over Hunger that's Games, over Lord of the Rings yes. or any? Okay. Harry Potter, mm -hmm. that's one. How do you feel about the new series? Truly, like good or bad? Like, are you excited or is it something you're skeptical I about? am skeptical. I feel like I'm decently good at going into things and not holding a bunch of hope with relating it and comparing it to past things. Like when movies come out that are based on books, I'm pretty good at going in and not comparing it to the book the whole time. So I don't feel like like I'll be comparing it to the originals a lot, but I don't know. I just think it's like trying to fix something that's not broken a little bit. I think that they did so good. Why? Why? But also, you never know. Like maybe it'll be great. 
What is one ingredient that they need to keep in order for you not to compare them? Like, is there an is energy this a with Harry Potter of the Harry of the Harry Potter? Yeah, story? each season. That's a TV series. Okay. So each season, to my understanding, will highlight one book. So presumably okay, okay. ten episodes per book. Mm. So ten hours worth of content for each book. I think, and this is a weird one. This is just the first thing that came to my head. I don't want to see any faces I know. Oh, okay. I don't. No actors from the original no. series. Okay, yeah. I don't think so. I can vibe with that. I d or even like in other things, like I don't want to be like, oh, I saw that person in Mamma Mia. You know what I mean? Like I just want, I, if they're going to do it, I feel like it has to be something completely separate. I think that's my problem with, I, I started Masters of the Air. So I don't know if you ever heard of Band of Brothers or The Pacific. They're, they're these military shows mm -hmm. that Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg produce. Mm -hmm. But the first one, Band of Brothers, had um, David Schwimmer. That, remember I was watching that and you saw him and you're like, Ross, what is Ross, Ross. doing? That show pre like predominantly had unknown actors. So you were able to fully invest in it. Whereas Masters of the Air has Austin Butler. And it's hard for me not to see Elvis because he's filming. He filmed it right after Elvis. Uh, any real Austin Butler fan knows that he's from Zoe 101 first and foremost. Okay, Zoe 101 tense, oh. yes. And uh, no, I was thinking of Jacob Elordi, The Kissing Booth. So that's not him. That's not him. Jacob Elordi or Austin Butler. That's Jacob. Okay, cool. We just needed to leave off of that one note. All right, let's do some movie news and then we'll get into our genres. So... In preparation for Dune Part 2, which is coming out very soon, March 1st, I believe, uh, director Denis Villeneuve shares his intentions for the rest of the franchise. So this will be his second film. He is making a third. However, with six Dune books, uh, Denis says that a third film will likely be his last. So the third movie will be based on the second book titled Dune Messiah. And though Denis is nearly finished with the script... Um, a third film has not been greenlit by Warner Brothers. It feels kind of impossible that they're not going to greenlight that. But uh, when asked whether they'd return for a third film, both Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet said that they're good to go. Zendaya told Fandango when she was asked the question, quote, would we be down? I mean, of course. Anytime Denis calls, it's a yes from me. I'm excited to see what happens. I started reading Messiah and I was like, whoa, I'm only shooting the first movie. Let me go back to the first one. It's so much to take in but there's no better hands with better care and love for it than Denis. And then on the, on the other side, Chalamet told Total Film Magazine, quote, the idea excites me very much. If the time and opportunity comes to complete the story with Messiah, I think we're all super enthusiastic about it. So after spending six straight years making both Dune films, which is kind of crazy, I mean, Denis made Arrival, he made uh, Sicario, he made Prisoners, and so he spent the last six years making these Dune films, um, he did mention that he'll likely take some time before returning for a third one. So, Dune Part 2 does premiere in theaters on March 1st. I'm excited. Are you excited? Like, what did you think about the first one? Truly. I liked it. I thought it was definitely a setup movie, like a introduction to the world and some of the people and groups and everything. So I'm excited to see the next one and see if it's more action and like story progressive oriented. I'm excited to see Zendaya even more, too. Yeah. I I listened to an interview with kind of all of them. They were mm -hmm. all wrapped around. I think it was that Fandango interview. And the first thing Timothy Chalamet said was, hey, the first movie was so much world building, so much introduction. And he's like, this one is not that at all. He says, this one is complete unravel, like complete 
action, adventure. Like it's truly what I think everybody's imagining it. Mm. Um, the reason I ask is because that's not really in your wheelhouse. Like you don't, I mean, you tell me, like, are you a Star Wars fan? You liked Lord of the Rings when we watched that. Yeah, I enjoyed Lord of the Rings. I just think it's exciting to have a new, you know, like growing up, it was always like, oh my gosh, the next Twilight premiere, the next Harry Potter premiere, the next Star Wars print, and we haven't had one of those in a long time, I feel like. So it's exciting to have a new series to look forward to that's like huge and part two, you know, yeah. wow, you know, it's like exciting just for the the general the population general population. Yeah. yeah it's an event you yeah. know it's not just going to a movie on a yeah. thursday friday or saturday it's let's get the friends together let's plan mm-hmm. this let's buy our tickets early yeah so doom part two that does come out i will be seeing it the last weekend of february i'm excited i mean it was supposed to come out last year it got pushed off because of the strikes which is completely understandable um any other movies that you know about that are coming out this year i don't know i don't think i've even asked you like if there are any movies that excite you from this year i'm more into the tv world i'm pumped for bridgerton season three (laughs) yeah that's fair okay um but no movies wise i don't know you are a Tim Burton fan. Beetlejuice oh, 2 is coming out. I love Tim Burton. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With uh, Winona Ryder coming back, uh-huh. Michael Keaton, and Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega. I'm like, yes. Do you have a favorite actor that you trust their work and you're kind of following their projects when they come out? I feel like anything Jenna Ortega, Timothy Chalamet, anything Florence Pugh, Margot, I feel like I'll even go see anything. Cool. Yeah, I was curious. Yeah, I mean, I used to stick with Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. He's kind of faded a little bit into yeah. like his own. I mean, I still trust him. I yeah. I think I almost trust directors more than I trust actors nowadays. Yeah. But it's always fun to have somebody that you look forward to seeing. Yeah. So whenever they're releasing a new film or coming out, then you can kind of make it a bit. Big Tim Burton fans went pumped. Yes, he's also doing a remake of like. Fear of the 50-foot woman or something like that. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of it either. I think it's some old novel or old film that I've never heard of, but it sounds Tim Burton-like. Cool. I'm excited. All right. Should we do these genres? Genres. Okay. We did pick 16 genres. Um, We have uh, our favorite movies. I did list two on some just as like if it didn't make sense because like, for example, documentary, I put a TV series. Me too. But I also have a film if I need to like fall back if we're oh, only doing film. No. But I think we could do whatever we want. <laughs> I put two on some. <laughs> okay, cool. We'll go through that. Um, what was the hardest genre for you? Mm, I think drama for some reason was really hard for me and so was horror. Okay. I had a hard time with both. That's parts. a surprising one. Horror. Yeah. Because okay. I feel like a lot came to my mind, but like it's not like the best. Like we're not doing, I'm like maybe it would be different for you. It's not like the best horror movie I've ever seen. It's my favorite yeah. horror movie. So yeah. I feel like those are different in my mind. So it took me a second to like actually think about like what horror movie would I watch multiple times a year. Do you feel like those, this is kind of an ongoing conversation in the film space. Do you feel like favorite and best should just combine into like that is one category? I don't think so. I think that they're very different. Like I can say like something is very good and the best with like the score and the acting and the everything about it but i could hate it okay enjoy it not at all you know what i mean and like i see a very low budget terrible action movie could become my favorite movie ever you know what i mean like it yeah very different i mean you love austin land i'm sure we might see this on those i have not seen your list you have not seen my list but i'm assuming (laughs) that might come up there and you could probably assume some of the movies too but movie is 
a golden movie. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm not saying anything. No, no discredit to Austin Land. Um, no, to what you're saying though, I think that's a good point. I feel like best is almost like objective, non-emotion, yeah. non-ego. Just saying, looking like at the ingredients. Looking at the ingredients. Yeah. Whereas favorite is emotion. It's mm-hmm. very much like how do I feel yeah. after watching this movie? Exactly. Okay. Uh, mine was documentary or fantasy. I think those were really hard for me. Mm. My fantasy pick, I'm not going to say it right now, but a tease, it's it's very unique in the fantasy space, but it will make sense when I say it. Um, do you think we'll have any overlap in any of these categories? I think one or two movies might come up, but they might be in different genres for us. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. All right. We'll start with action. So you are the guest on After Credits. I will let you go first. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Who do you have? <laughs> okay, this is one I did put two on okay. it. I put Top Gun and I put Hunger Games 2. So Just Top Gun 1 or Top Gun Maverick? Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Those both are, ac- I feel like, action-oriented movies that are very action-y, but I love, and I'll watch any day of the week. Like, I love those they're very different too yeah like top gun maverick <laughs> is almost like kind of a critically i mean it is yeah. critically acclaimed but it's more so on the objective quote-unquote like best scale mm-hmm. whereas hunger games 2 is like an entertaining yeah it's fun thrilling it's film cool yeah those Do, are yeah if you had to pick the hunger games like their story or the prequel that just came out which are you more fascinated by mm. Because you liked the the prequel, the new one that I came out. I loved it. I specifically loved like the first half of it. It was my favorite. Fast paced about it. Um, gosh, I just think that the first two Hunger Games with Jennifer Lawrence is like every year rewatch for me. Like I okay. love those two specifically. I'll watch those anytime. I think like the prequel will be like maybe once a year, maybe every other year type of rewatch, but I could put on the Hunger Games once a week and be happy. Do you want to see more prequels or do you feel like that was good? They shouldn't build off of that. That's a hard question. I actually think that I would love to see more prequels. I would love to see some like the, I would like to see like the first quarter quell and then Hamish's because his was the 50th year. And I think that one sounded cool. Like I just think the Hunger Games is such a crazy storyline and idea that i think anything in that world would be fascinating to watch more of yeah okay and then on the other side with top gun maverick mm-hmm. is tom cruise the person you think of when you hear movie star or is there somebody else that you think of um i think of brad pitt when i hear movie hell star. yeah let's go <laughs> yeah. you know how i feel about brad pitt that's my guy Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah i love that okay my action yeah. was the dark knight So I put this as my action film. This is a hard category because it spans. We do have adventure on here, but I feel like adventure seeps into the action space. Yeah. And so like even Hunger Games feels adventurous to me. It is action oriented. Um, And then like drama feels Top Gun Maverick, but that is action still. So I think that um, every movie could have like two or three subgenres. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. And when I was looking at these genres online, they had like 10 subgenres for each one. Um, The Dark Knight, I just think is timeless. Um, I I think Heath Ledger passing away kind of made it feel timeless Mm -hmm. where you kind of revisit it. You feel the darkness of it. You feel the complexity. I mean, Christopher Nolan is kind of the first person to bring a darker, more grittier, more crime thriller oriented story to the superhero genre Mm -hmm. and then following suit you see iron man you see you know obviously the entire mcu so i'm 
I mean, do you, are you a fan of The Dark Knight? Or are you kind of like, yeah, it's fine. It's like it's like one of those that I was happy I've watched once. Okay. But it's not one that I'm like, oh, I'm dying to see that right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. You like the, the Marvel movies, right? Yeah. And even then, I'm very... Like, I like the Spider-Man and I like the Avengers. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah. So you kind of... You, you tailor toward the actual superhero. Like, you like Spider-Man, so you like yeah. those movies. Yeah. Or you like them all together as event is that mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, I like that. Do you feel like Heath Ledger gave like a like the best performance of all time, or do you have somebody that you think gave of a better acting performance? That's the argument. I hear this all oh, the time. Shoot. I have a movie on here that actually has my favorite acting performance of all time, so I'll I'll oh say it when gosh. we get there. But do you have one? Oh, you know what? The first one that does come to mind for me is Timothy Chalamet and Beautiful Boy. Hell yeah. Or Gilbert and What's Even Gilbert Grape. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Yes. Gilbert. Yes. yes. Gilbert. Yes. <laughs> You're right. I mean, that is, he is Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. Those great picks. <laughs> wow. Those are, for anybody thinking Kenzie's not a movie buff, those yeah, are two fuck great. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else on the action slate? Anything else you want to mention? Did you have any that you were thinking and you didn't put them on there? No, I don't think so. I think those two were the ones that came up and I put down. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Okay, cool. Sweet. No, I was just curious. Cool. We'll go on to adventure. Who do you have? Adventure. I put Nerve. Wow. Okay. Talk to me about this. And for anybody Nerve. who doesn't know Nerve, give like a quick like summary of Dave what it is. Franco and Emma Roberts, right? Yep. Roberts. Yep. Um, it's so good. It's like, it's just the most entertaining adventure movie to me. They, and I did look it up and it is genre as adventure so <laughs> anyone who thinks it isn't it's very um, thrilling yes it is adventure thriller okay actually what it's yeah um it's like a game and it's like very high stakes life or death types of things and it like starts out for money but then it ends up being like fighting for your life type of thing and it also has romance and dave franco so obviously it's great <laughs> i feel like Love that was it. the movie that like jumped his career like kind of like mm-hmm. it kind of start i mean he was already getting yeah, big yeah because he's been in neighbors 21 and 21 jump street he was always playing these like supporting roles yeah because he was always known as james franco's little, little brother, brother. Yeah. but i feel like he's kind of jumped because he's, he's a director now person, yeah. and he's a lead actor yeah. in a lot of things uh I don't forget that. machine gun kelly you know he makes an appearance oh, in that one my boy um <laughs> <laughs> my boy <laughs> that's my son that's my son that's my boy <laughs> no we'll get there that's coming yeah, up that's coming that's up we'll get there <laughs> okay nerve i would have never guessed but that's that's a no. good choice i feel like for anybody who has a group of friends that wants to watch a movie for a movie night that's a good yes. like, group movie that was night. just enjoyable from start to finish sweet i like it um i put back to the future oh. this is in my opinion like the best my my favorite, I should say, adventure film from start to finish. I I just think, you know, Marty McFly as a character is so sporadic and he's ang- he's anxiety driven. He's always like moving so quickly mm-hmm. and just like he can't stay still. But then you have the contrast of Doc, who yeah. is so unique and so quirky, and their friendship just it's truly amazing. So Back to the Future was directed by Robert Zemeckis, who I always consider like. I don't want this to sound bad, but like the Walmart version of Steven Spielberg because he's made Forrest Gump, Castaway, The Polar Express. He's made oh. these these other adventurous type movies. Sorry, well, no, um, he did make the recent Pinocchio on Disney, the live action, but we won't talk about that. I'm a real boy. 
I did have an honorable mention. Can I share this? No. Okay. Yes. I yeah, guess no, we'll go on. <laughs> um, I put Hook on this hook. one. Hook. Oh, I love Hook. I think Hook might be <laughs> the most, like, misgraded film from critics because critics did not like this film. You know what? Paulina Polo haven't seen this one. What? I know. You gotta watch it. Okay. I'm so down <laughs> to watch Hook again. Yeah. No, I think this is... I mean, it's not Disney, so that's the funny thing. It's yeah. based... It's a live-action Peter Pan film, which I would probably put as my favorite live-action so Disney good. film if it, if was, it Disney. was Disney. Um, but Robin Williams, Peter Pan, it's, it's really good. So good. So anything else in the adventure slate? Anything that you had a hard time missing here, or did you feel pretty good about Nerf? Oh, I felt pretty good about Nerf. I did think of Lord of the Rings. It did come up in my mind. Nice. Like, they don't they literally say we're going on an adventure? It is. <laughs> no, like I think Lord of the Rings is probably the most well-known adventure, adventure film. Yeah. So people might get mad that neither of us had yeah. that on our list. Hey, this is me saying it, though, that I did think about it. It yes. just, I like Nerf more. <laughs> so. Do you were, like... Do you know the Lord of the Rings films well enough to pick one as your favorite? No. Okay. Not at all. I think people discredit the first one mm. more than they discredit the second and third, but I think the first is my favorite. I like setup movies. I like ones that like set up the world and everything. Like, yeah. They're fun. I'm with you. Yeah. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to animated. Best animated film. Animated. Coraline. I still haven't seen this. Are you? This feels very Tim Burton-esque. And it's not made by Tim Burton, no, right? But no, but it, it, it feels very Tim Burton. It is by far, in my opinion, the best animated movie. It's so give me good. like give me an elevator pitch. Sell me okay. on the idea of Coraline. It's about this family, a mom and dad, and a, a little girl named Coraline. They move into this house. They for like job they had to move. Um, this house is split into three apartments. So there's someone that lives like above them, and someone that lives like next to them or below them or something. And this Little girl finds a doll that looks just like her left on her front door. In the beginning, they also show like someone making this doll. Like they okay. don't show who it is, but they show someone making a doll, like taking apart an old doll and putting together this one that looks just like Coraline. And the doll has button eyes and everything. And it's just super creepy. But there's this door that was like boarded up and everything that she finds and it's bricked up but then in the middle of the night she sees mice and the mice go into the door and when she opens it it's not bricked up anymore and she can crawl in when she crawls in she crawls into like an alternate universe oh it's kind of like a mirror okay. universe where she finds her family's on the other side but it's like her dream family like everything that she wishes was different about the family she actually has is different in this family like they they make her favorite foods. The house is beautiful. The, the Her parents are so attentive and loving and present. Whereas like her parents are very busy and they don't have a lot of food in the house because they're just so busy. And it's, you know, and like her real world is very gray and colorless. And this one is like so vibrant and lively and everything. And they, she goes for three nights. And on the third night, they say that she either has to decide to stay or leave. And if she, has, she wants to stay, she has to sew buttons under her eyes whoa it, okay it takes a very dark turn and i won't yeah spoil don't spoil it because i want you to see it <laughs> i'll tell you right now this might have been a corporate skyscraper building that we rode an elevator on but you did sell me on <laughs> the elevator pitch no don't be sorry that was great <laughs> i i have curiosity this has been on our joint watch list for quite some time a long time and i know that uh we need to get around to it because it's, so it's, it's really good 
Um, Coraline, yes. okay. do you like stop motion, like just in general? Yeah, I don't mind it. I feel like I haven't seen a crazy amount of them, but I've always really enjoyed the ones I've watched. Like um, a really weird one too is Paranormal or Paranorman. Okay. Paranorman. I love that movie. It's like, a, it's when I watch Halloween time. It's about a kid who can see and talk to ghosts. <laughs> Sweet. So that sounds just like Coraline. <laughs> From what I'm understanding, just no, like the darkness no, well, of... Well, there is ghosts. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I feel like my favorite stop motion animation is either um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm. Now, hey, shout out to Paula. Yeah, because Paula. you did suggest that to me. Or Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which oh, I've been trying to get you to watch because yeah. I feel like you'd really enjoy that Trade too. Night. Okay, what's your favorite animation? My favorite, and I did put two, but I, my number one is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> I, just, I know this is kind of recency bias a little bit, but I've never seen anything like it. The animation, yeah. but also the detailed story that really mm -hmm. appeases to both adults and children. Uh -huh. Like if you're a child watching this you're just going to be entertained by the visuals and what's happening but if you're an adult there's so many relatable meanings with the father and son relationship and just like the belonging and failing and the ego so i i i don't know i think it's monumental i yeah. bet the third film will kind of mark this as the best animated trilogy ever and maybe that's a hot take i don't know mm -hmm. but i just think it's a really good film um, a personal favorite too. Another one is Emperor's New Groove. Oh, I gotta say I that. I gotta Emperor. say Emperor's yes. New Groove because it's so good. So and good. if they ever even think about making a live action, I'm I'm gonna say no. Just right from the get go. I'm not even gonna no. put hopes into it. You can't do that. Yeah, you it's just too good. We don't want to see lever. a, a <laughs> pull the lever, crunk. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> All right, this. Uh, oh, sorry. One more thing. Yes. I wanted to say. And this is another reason I really want you to watch Coraline is that they said that every single scene or like everywhere that you could pause the movie, there's some sort of hint. Like every single second of the movie is very intentional and has something important in it. Oh, so like okay. it's very, it's really cool. It's really cool. See, there's but that, so many things to find from it. That's what I need from any movie, let alone yeah. animated. Like I just don't like fluff. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I'm watching... A Disney animated film, you know, it's fun, but yeah. there's so much fluff. Yeah. And I think that's what draws me away in the movie, like, or to a story is when I see these moments that don't really pertain to the story, but they just yeah. pertain to the runtime where a filmmaker's like, I need this to be two hours. So I'm going to put yeah, more scenes. Exactly. So that's good to know. Okay. Oh, yeah. Coraline, important. Yes. All right. Uh, this one was a fun category. We did a classic category. Mm -hmm. So 1970 or older. I originally had 1960. So if you don't have one that's 1960 to 70, I'm going to be mad that we changed it. So who do you have? <laughs> <laughs> said, I'll leave you. but <laughs> We're going to walk away from this microphone right now if this happens. Okay, well, well then. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's like, oh, by the way, it's singing in the rain. I'm like, okay, 19, no, what, 29? Mine is 12 Angry Men. Hell yeah. Which is, I think, 57, but... That's okay. Okay. Yes, great film. <laughs> you showed me this film. Yes, I love 12 Angry Men. I think it's my favorite classic of all time. This might be one of the simplest stories mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Like, simplest screenplays, but very piercing. Mm -hmm. Like, it has moments... So many deep, deep things to walk away with. Yes, and on the category or on the conversation of Coraline having everything important, like every yes. intentional moment, 
12 Angry Men is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like every character is intentional. Regardless if they have one line or two lines, mm-hmm. it is very intentional. So good. That's a good film. I would watch that. That's ranked, I think that's top that's on 20 the top, of all time yeah. on IMDb. Absolutely. So nice. Good pick. Um, I'm going to go with Rear Window. This oh, is yes, the murder mystery. The murder yes. mystery, yeah, 1954. Uh, this is from Alfred Hitchcock. Stars James Stewart, and it is. I I hate this uh, analogy, but I feel like it's the easiest one for people to understand what type of movie it is. It's like a an old origin story of Disturbia with mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf, yep, where yep. there's kind of this house arrest in Disturbia, and in this movie, James Stewart broke his leg, so he's yeah, like leaving around. around. Yeah. yeah, but he's. He's window watching. He's looking and there's this beautiful set where you're kind of in this courtyard and you're you're understanding these characters just based on the little two minute segment that Hitchcock is showing you, mm-hmm. whether it's somebody planting a garden or somebody making dinner or somebody having sex or whatever the case mm-hmm. is, you start to understand these characters without ever knowing who they are. Yeah. And it is a murder mystery. And I think it's very compelling. And especially for a 2024 you know, vibe that we're in mm-hmm. where we want entertainment and we want something to captivate us immediately. This one holds up. Yeah. Like very well. Agreed. Uh, I want to dig into a lot of classics. Is there one that you've been dying to see? Like mm-hmm. it's just always been on your list and you haven't seen it yet? Oh gosh. Ugh. On the list? No. I don't think there's any that like I can think about the top of my head that's like a classic that I've never seen. There's like other ones that I wanted to put on that I was thinking about, like, I love Grease and Dirty Dancing and, like, mm. all those, but, like, oh, I can't think of any that I haven't seen that I, like, I'm dying to. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. I feel like I got Casablanca out of the way. I saw mm. that last year. Yeah, yeah. Really good film. Um, A little overhyped. Mm. I, and I don't mean that the film is not good. I just mean... You know, in the conversation of top ten all time, yeah, no, like I don't, I don't personally think so. But I did see Psycho last year for the mm-hmm. first time, and that was really good. Shout out to no, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom yeah. for Woo-hoo. being the lead actress in that one. For anybody who doesn't know, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom also starred in a massive horror film, so they have she that as the one in the shower getting. Started. She what? Yes. Woo-hoo. There you go. Spoiler to anybody. I'm just kidding. That movie <laughs> came amazing. out. I think 1960. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever let me do that ever again all right on to comedy on who do you have what's the funniest movie for you austin land austin, austin land. land austin <laughs> land okay for I, i'm is this a big movie is this a well-known movie I don't think so. okay give me give me a like a two-minute segment of what austin land is because it is so unique to me it's about this woman who's obsessed with Jane Austen and specifically Pride and Prejudice. Um, And she has a really hard time dating. She's single. She just really lives for like the Darcy character. And so she finds out about this place called Austen Land where you get to go basically like you pay to go back in time and live in that era, like the Regency era of Austen Land. And everyone else there is actors like you get this entire dress wardrobe. There's no modern cell phones, nothing like that. And then there's like a male actor that will like court you while you're there. It's hilarious. And it's also one of my favorite romances. It's so good. Yeah. 
This is a this is a comfort movie for it you. It is my biggest comfort movie ever. Kenzie was having a hard day the other day, and I walked in. I'm like, "Are you going to be watching Austin Land?" And I literally turned my shoulder, and she was watching Austin <laughs> Land. So, if you need like a pick me up, like a really yes, I don't I don't want to use the word goofy because it's not like goofy, but just a lighthearted yeah comedy. And it's funny and it's silly and yeah, silly is a good way to put it. It's just very lighthearted. Yeah, that's a good one. It's happy. What's <laughs> what's that actress's name? The main girl? Yeah. Oh, She's gosh. been in a lot. I just yeah, don't know, I don't her, know name. her name. Okay. But it does have the... The other woman is like the funniest character in it. Um, White Lotus, Legally Blonde. What's her name? Oh, yeah. I can't think of... Jennifer <laughs> Coolidge. Coolidge. Yeah, Jennifer Coolidge. She's the same person in every role she ever plays, whether it's White Lotus. Like, she's the same in White Lotus as she is in Austin Land, as she is in the Cinderella story. Um, my favorite comedy of all time is Dodgeball, a true yeah. underdog story. I, You know, I think everybody vibes with a certain group of comedy, like yeah. whether it's the Adam Sandler, Sandler group, whether it's this group, which is, you know, Ben Stiller, Owen Vince Wilson, Bob. Vince Bond. They're kind of always tucked Owen together. Um, even Jim Carrey yeah. and Will Ferrell and those groups. Totally. And I just vibe with their comedy. It's very, um, it's very taboo. Like their comedy, especially in this movie, it was it's for that comedy. time. It's adult comedy that you can't really do today <laughs> without it coming across very wrong. But Jason Bateman makes a funny appearance in that movie yes. for the the Sports Center Ocho or Sports Center Eight or whatever that is. Yes. Um, very funny film. I just yes. think it's Vince Vaughn is in the leading so role when good. he's usually in the supporting role. And this is always the trio, or at least one of them, that I pair myself with. Even Stiller, in right? yeah, even yeah. in like Happy Gilmore, Ben Stiller's my favorite <laughs> performance in that movie. And then Starsky and Hutch oh, with Ben Stiller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your fingers hurt. Well, your back's gonna hurt because you just pulled lawn duty. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh you a fan of Dodgeball? Love Dodgeball. Okay, yeah, nice. Man. I like it. All right, let's go to documentary. Who do you have? I don't know what documentaries you watch. My documentary I put down, it's it's a TV show documentary, but I put Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, wow. That was a good one. It was so good. I loved that one. And I'm not a documentary person at all. They're pro it's probably my least favorite type of thing to watch, but I really enjoyed Don't Fuck With Cats. Yeah, I think it's a three or four episode mm -hmm. uh, limited series documentary. And it was very just, it was shocking. Crazy. Yeah, it shocking. was crazy. Yes. So those ones kind of hit me. The three yeah. to four episode, whether it's series, documentary, yeah. fictional or non-fictional, I think those hit me because they're cramming a lot of heavy stuff into yeah. a short period of time. I also enjoy all the Ted Bundy documentary stuff but oh i forgot about the tapes those yeah, are the good tapes. there's also that one where they like um there was like the interviews of uh, like a bunch of parents and like the people who were around him and knew him i think that's the tapes oh is it yeah the because oh. the, you have the tapes on netflix and then you have the like fictionalized drama or not fictional right i guess kind of but the dramatized version Efron? of, yeah, with Zac Efron, yeah, which I was not a fan of. You don't, I, I'm sorry, you're looking at Baywatch Zac Efron take his shirt off as Ted Bundy, and I'm like, this just does not work for me. Sad. Anyways. Um, my favorite documentary is The Last Dance. This is the Michael Jordan oh, documentary. Right. I, you know, I'm a sports fan. I grew up a yeah. sports fan. I played basketball as a kid, and Michael Jordan has always been the iconic figure and i think he might be the biggest sports figure of all time yeah i mean you have muhammad ali and you have babe ruth but i think michael jordan has kind of just 
blasted. Yeah. I think he's been there. I will say if we're going on a film, and this might be recency bias, but I put Val. It's a documentary on Amazon about Val Kilmer mm. who lost his voice. And he now has this like this tube structure in his throat and he can't talk. And it's really it's sad. I mean, if you yeah. watch Top Gun Maverick, um, his his dialogue was actually artificially put in there. That's not him talking. That's uh, this AI program that uses his voice from other roles and they created his dialogue and the voice that he has. So that's a it's a it's a heavy one. It's dark, but if you're a movie fan and you like Val Kilmer, who was huge in the movie Heat, he was big. He played Batman in one of the older Batman films. Mm-hmm. Um, big in Top Gun, the original Top Gun. He also does make an appearance in Top Gun Maverick. So that's a good one. I would I would highly recommend that on Amazon. Where's uh, Don't Fuck with Cats? Netflix. I don't know. I think I think so. Yeah, I think it's Netflix. All right, let's go to drama. <laughs> Who do you got? Oh, this one is hard for me, actually. Um, I put two down. I put Hidden Figures and Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, I like Hidden Figures a lot. That was yeah. a good movie. I think your family so showed that to me. Mm-hmm. I think we watched that all oh, together. I love I love that movie, and I love Where the Crawdads Sing. I love both of those. So what, what stands out? Like, are they similar? Like, did you mm-hmm. pick them both because you felt similar with both of them, or um, was there something that stood out with either one? I like the part, the hidden figures aspect of like the overcoming adversity aspect of it, like the, you know, becoming the first this and like the, you know, seeing, I don't know, the those things. I thought it was fascinating. Um, and then, I I don't know. I liked where the crowd sing. It was just a very interesting story. It had a little bit of mystery to it. It had romance. It was just it was really cool. I don't know. I just really liked that one. For some reason, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't read books <laughs> really at all, um, but Where the Crowd Had Seen got a lot of heat on either the movie or the book, and I can't remember. Look, the book is so long and so boring. Okay. But they made it, the movie, not only accurate to the book, but interesting. They, so. kept, they kind of cut out the fluff? They did, yes, and it like felt, it actually was like an interesting story watching it instead of like it being dragged out through a book kind yeah. of yeah there's a great twist at the end that, amazing and twist. it's so nonchalant yeah. too it's just very much like oh by the way here's the freaking twist. crazy yes i love that both of them are kind of overcoming stereotypes and yeah. overcoming like you know the main girl in where the crowd at sing was like oh this this swamp girl and this like yeah, yeah illiterate girl and it's in yeah, hidden figures yeah, yeah. like it's based on a true story of yeah. you know segregation and that time period mm-hmm. and you know you can't do this because you know you're a female yeah. this and that so i think both of them are very powerful in that way uh-huh great picks i like yeah. this um i picked one that's a little heavier <laughs> i put there will be blood this is uh wow i saw this early 2023 and i saw this multiple times last year because of how moved i was this is from paul thomas anderson who i believe to be one of the greatest filmmakers ever um he did boogie nights magnolia uh licorice pizza recently oh um there will be blood of course and then he's making a new film with leonardo dicaprio so that's currently being filmed but this stars daniel day lewis this to me is the best acting performance i've ever Mm. seen and he went so method and Dang. him and Paul Dano, to my understanding, had kind of a, a friction of a relationship because of 
how they deal with each other in this film. Uh Uh, Just to give a little tease of one of the scenes, Daniel Day-Lewis genuinely shoves Paul Dano's face in mud and keeps it there. And because he's going so method to this character, it's really, really good. It's heavy, it's dark, it's gritty. But I just think Daniel Day-Lewis is truly the best actor I've ever seen. And this is a solidifying performance. So if you want to see, you know, it's long and it's, it's a slow burner. But if you want to see a movie that just sticks with you, that's the one for me. Nice. Um, yeah. Any any interest in like those darker, grittier films? Are you kind of like, yeah, I'm going to keep my distance? I don't know. I think it would depend on like what the story was about. Because I'm definitely a happy, happy movie type of person. So I think it would just depend on the story. Yeah. I've heard this. That's a good point. Because I've heard this with There Will Be Blood is that it's almost a, A, you have to Put yourself in an environment where you are watching a movie. You're not trying to scroll through Netflix to find something to kill time. Yeah. Or B, it's a movie to watch with other people who are kind of obsessed with movies. Mm-hmm. And that sounds lame, but like mm-hmm. the reason why is it is very slow. I mean, it's an early 1900s, late 1800s movie about oil and like money and being, you know, tarnished in business yeah. and there's religion seeped into it. So it's really all about the powers of the mm-hmm. worlds at that time frame. And so I thought that was really interesting. Uh, let's go to fantasy. Fantasy. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a, what's your favorite Harry Potter? Ooh. Oh my gosh. Ugh. I'm a big fan of the fourth one. And. Ooh. I love the fourth, the sixth, and the last one. Fourth, sixth, and the eighth. Yeah, okay. and like the first one is obviously like classic comfort one, but like as far as my favorites, those three are pretty evenly tied for me. I like the fourth a lot. Um, I think I've overwatched it because it's the one I always turn to. Like if, right. we're, if we're just like, let's watch a Harry Potter movie. Fourth is like the safe You one and I aren't the marathon type. Like we don't do the like one to eight unless yeah. we're doing it with a friend group. We pick like our favorite out of those. Like when we're watching Avengers, we're like, oh, let's watch... End game or yeah, infinity, you know exactly. It's not like let's watch the first one through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, Harry Potter is kind of weird because it changes tone. Like the first and the second movie are very much this like childish light yeah. tone, and then the third goes dark. Yeah, they grow with the with the audience, which is yeah. very interesting. Like from childhood to adulthood, the, yeah. the shades the shades being taken off a little bit, which I think is interesting. Yeah, and I bet that's natural with. I believe they had three directors um, throughout the, the yeah. series, so I think it's natural you get their taste and what they perceive it's as the story. Impressive how how smooth, like coherent everything yeah, is. It yeah. just like makes sense with the storyline. I, like I agree. Um, I've never been super high on Harry Potter. I like them, but I think like I don't care to revisit mm-hmm. them as often as everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think they're very seasonal. Like yeah. I like I like the Christmas vibe. You know, yep. just sit and bundle up with a cup of coffee and watch Harry Potter. I think that actually works. Bundle up with a cup of coffee. <laughs> what, what? Most people say like a cup of hot chocolate. Oh, yeah, or it's Apple cider. You're like coffee. Give me some black coffee. <laughs> no, I don't even drink black coffee. All right, my fantasy, this is where I think it might be a little interesting. So I put the Green Mile. Uh, Jaden and I were talking about this oh. film the other night. And I, it made me realize this film is so good. It's... To give you a short um, synopsis about this, it's about, so Tom Hanks is in this film, it's 1999, and it's also um, Michael Clark Duncan, he, 
I don't know how to describe it. He's just, he's so powerful. He's this big figure that's like, he's really intimidating as a physical being, but in this movie, he's so soft-spoken. He's very gentle. Mm-hmm. He's like a gentle giant, but he is charged for the murder of this little girl. Dang. And it's during a time period that, you know, there's a lot of segregation mm-hmm. and there's a lot of just like, well, you know, we don't care about the, you know, him. We don't care about these individuals, but he has the power to heal people. Like he can physically heal people. And that's where the fantasy aspect comes in. So it's like a grounded fantasy. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. If that one was a little too grounded, I did put the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, nice. Because I do love the Lord of the Rings. I saw the extended edition. That's how I got started on it. And honestly, a really special time for me because when I said to, you know, some friends at work that I had never seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy, they said, cool, what we're going to do is we're going to do a movie night each Wednesday for three Wednesdays, and we're going to watch the extended edition, and we're going to mm-hmm. make dinner, and we're not going to talk or anything during them. We're going to let you just experience these films. <laughs> and honestly, for any other film, I mean, I would like that with anything, but with these films specifically, that is the vibe. Like, yeah. listen, don't distract each other. Watch the four-hour films. I feel like that's what we did we, when I watched We did that. Yeah. yeah. We did that with the extended edition. So. Yep. Green Mile, I think, is great, and I think there is a massive fantasy aspect. But if you want, like, full fantasy, then the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. All right, who do you have for horror? This was your hard one. Drama yeah, and horror, one right? Your time with, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, ooh, um, I, I put two down. Yeah. I don't know if this is a little bit of recency bias, but I put down Barbarian and the Black Phone. Hell yeah, okay. I love both of those. I'll watch those any day. I love them. What yes. what sticks out to you with both of those? Oh, They're very unique horror films, both of them. I don't even know what like sticks out necessarily. I think like Barbarian is a very interesting. I feel like you either really like it or you really don't like it. Which we've noticed um, with our friends. Yes. They either love it love or they hate it. Um I thought it was so unique. Like everything you expected to happen, the opposite happened, basically. Yep. Like even going into it, you think that the story is something completely different than what it is from the trailer. Like, yes, it seems like it's one story that's like a very basic and then it it, it flips upside down. I'm like, what the f-? like every five minutes? I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so I think it's crazy. And then I really liked the black phone because it's like from the perspective. Well, I- honestly, I don't even know if this is very unique, but like it's from the perspective of like a little boy being kidnapped by a serial killer. And I think that's it's so cool. It also has like a little bit of like. You know, with, like, the ghosts and, like, the kids talking to him and stuff. But, like, I don't know what that... It's, like, a little supernatural. Yeah, a little supernatural, but it is just so cool. And it has happy ending. So, it's, like, basically my my favorite kind of horror movies. Because that's what you... You do, like, good... Like, kind of well-resolved endings that yeah. don't leave you on a cliff was, or that yes. leave you in a deep rut of a feeling. Like, you like it when it comes full circle. Yeah, when it, like, ties up with a bow yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I think you nailed it on both of them. I mean, with Barbarian... It's literally a horror film that turns sharply to a comedy. Yep. And I love that. I think it works so well. And then back back to, yes. And so I think it does kind of the the swapping of genres really well. Mm -hmm. And then with The Black Phone, to your point, whenever we see a kidnapping story or a film, usually it's the audience perspective of the kidnapping. Like the policeman or the family of the person. Yeah. And in this, it's like the actual. It's kid of the kid, and it's really fucked up. Like the how, like just the dude does everything. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's I think crazy. another like 
comparative movie. It's not a horror, it's a mm-hmm. thriller, but it's Prisoners um, by Denis Villeneuve. It's with Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Paul Dano. Mm-hmm. And that's another one that's opposite of what you're talking about because they're kind of stereotypical. I mean, it's a phenomenal movie, but yeah. you don't sit in the the person who was kidnapped. You don't sit in their mind. Mm-hmm. You sit in the parent's mind, in the police, mm. you know, the police officer's mind or even the kidnapper's mind, but yeah. you don't sit in the child's mind. Yeah. And in the black phone, you do. Yeah. So I do think that that's very unique. Yeah. Nice. Good pick. Um, I put oh, Halloween. yours. Hereditary. Halloween. 1978. Oh. John Carpenter. I was like, wait. <laughs> this, is a, this is a film that I am admittedly, it's not good. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. Like, it doesn't age well because, look, you're watching a film that's repetitive in sequences. You just see them walking. There's frames. Mm. But there's a certain nostalgia that I go back to. Whenever yeah. I watch it, I understand it's cheesy and I understand it's dated and I understand the slashings aren't even like fearful. You know, they're not like <laughs> when we watch it today versus when they watched it then or anybody who watched it right. then. Like it's it's not as serious, but there is a nostalgic Halloween emotion that I feel that I can go back to whenever I watch it. Yeah. Because I think that's what John Carpenter did. He kind of reinvented or modernized horror Whereas like horror was very like noir. It was very like psycho yeah. and like this thrilling but behind the curtains type story. Yeah. And I think he brought out the slasher orientation because then you get Scream and then you get like the elements of Nightmare on Elm Street that comes after and uh-huh. these other films that modernized horror. And I think that was all due to John Carpenter. So I just think it's a perfectly dated horror film you know it's cheesy like i said but (laughs) i think you know with plenty of other horror films to watch there are none that make me feel the way that this one does yeah so i like it yeah we we rewatch that probably once every two years yeah every few years we watch that i I remember (laughs) we're vividly watching the second halloween and watching what's his name the michael myers michael myers just walk through a glass door (laughs) When try <laughs> he just walked through it we 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 cracked I up when that happened. will never recover from that scene he doesn't even like hit the glass he, he just try. walks he just through walks it. through it and it shatters <laughs> like okay sure sure that's crazy i think that franchise has had a hard time keeping its consistency because it's had like 10 films before the latest trilogy and then the latest trilogy essentially says um we're only going to keep one and two and, yeah. and none of the others actually matter. Those are just distant memories. And it's like, wait a second. How does that work? So it's a joke. Gotcha. <laughs> I do love the franchise. I think it's yes. a great franchise, but it's kind of a... a Graves is my one. favorite yeah. franchise for like Halloween-based movies. I like Wes Craven. I think he's a great... I mean, he's no longer with us, but I think he was a great filmmaker mm-hmm. for horror. Um, he did Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what else he did. John Carpenter also did The Thing, which is unique Dang. kurt russell young kurt russell bearded yeah. kurt russell a lot of people put the thing as like one of the greatest horror films ever made so mm-hmm. scream the thing halloween a lot of classics that you can revisit yeah all right musical musical i put two for this one as well it's the last one i put two down for mama mia two and hairspray Nice. Okay. Those are my two favorites. There's no old. Ha- is there old hairspray or is there one? I think there is some old hair, hairspray. It's okay. 
Yeah, I'm not really sure, but I'm talking about the one with Zac Efron. The one with Zac Efron. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, okay. And I'm glad you said Mamma Mia too, because yes. I don't know why. I had a hard time with Mamma Mia. Some people really love the first one more than the second one. I just I just love the second one, and I love Lily James. I just... I, I, yeah. So I don't remember the first one well, but I remember from the second one, what I really liked mm. was seeing two lives at different points in time yeah. lead. Like you have them as they're older mm -hmm. and you're kind of following them and you're invested, but you also have them when they're younger and you're invested in how they're... So, so I liked that part yes. of it. Whereas Mamma Mia 1 did not have that, right? No, they didn't go back and like the past all is very much like present. Okay. Everything. okay. But it was still great, but I just, I loved the second one. Nice. Okay. Good picks. You? Um, I put La La Land. I think this is not only my favorite musical, but one of the greatest films I've ever seen. This is another one that just makes me personally feel a certain way when I watch it. Uh-huh. It's all about kind of two individuals who have dreams, but two individuals who are pretty much perfect for each other. Mm -hmm. And they decide, do we want to be with each other and be perfect for each other? Or do we want to follow our dreams? But the, di the difficulty is that their dreams are different. Mm -hmm. They're not like, oh, let's pursue the same thing and be yeah, on the same path. Take them in different places. And so, yeah, there are different places. And you just see this this love between two characters that lasts even when they don't end up in a similar situation that maybe they had hoped for. So I just think Damien Chazelle knows how to end his films better mm -hmm. than anybody else. Um, he's made Babylon. He made Whiplash. He made First Man. I don't know if you if you love Hollywood, if you love films, uh, if you love just the idea of Los Angeles more so than what Los Angeles is to the modern person, then this is a really cool mm -hmm, film to watch. Mm -hmm. We recently watched this. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Because you went into it a little shaky. <laughs> well, I've seen it before. I really love it. I'm just like I said, I'm a happy ending. I like happy endings, and I don't feel like them not being together was a happy end. Okay. And so that's the only thing I have a problem with. Other than that, though. Woo, loved it. <laughs> if anybody's uh, listening, I'm looking at Kenzie just like, let's move on. This, this movie is terrible. No, I don't want to like talk it. about I it. I love that movie. I just, I'm a romance person that likes when they're together. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You like happy endings. There's nothing happy wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's do, uh, oh, not. I almost gave it away. Oh. Mystery. Mystery. <laughs> mystery. My favorite mystery is Knives Out. Nice. Good pick. <laughs> yes. Did you like the second one? Yes. I okay. really like the second one. I like the first one just because of like the the house feel and I really like the actors and actresses that were in that one. But I love the second one as well. It's weird to me that like a tone can change how satisfied I was. Mm -hmm. But the first one is so cozy and sweater weather and November. And the, the new one or the second one is like summer. It's almost yeah. like paradise. And though they're both really, really good, I think I vibe with the first one and just like that mm -hmm. that cold bundle up type movie of a mystery and trying to figure out the pieces. Yeah. It fits together. I, I don't really know like why. It. Yeah. Okay. That's Good my pick. favorite. Yeah. I like that. I think they might be making a third one. Oh, they better. Yeah. I, I think so. they're just continuing. It's like an anthology series. Oh, kind of like White Lotus, you know, where they're just making. Or um, what was the one? Death of the Nile, Murder on the Orient. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Kenneth Branagh mystery movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They had Haunting in Venice yes, this yes, last yes, year. Uh, my favorite mystery is The Prestige. This is also my favorite movie of all time. I I have a tattoo on my body because I love this movie so much. Oh, um, body. <laughs> I just think, you know, it's it's kind of a story that is told from two different perspectives, 
that are telling each other's perspectives. So you have Hugh Jackman and you have Christian Bale, but instead of following their thought processes, you're watching both of them read a journal, for example, of the other person. Mm. And so they're kind of reading the thoughts of the other person and what they're going to do and what their actions are. And I think it really just unravels this mystery that is practical. There's a little bit of, you know, sci-fi-ish stuff to this movie, but it's so good. I just think it's it's aged well. This is a 2004 movie, I believe it is. And I mean, still amazing. Yeah, it's so incredible. Good. I just think it, it it holds up. So mm-hmm. that is my favorite mystery, but also my favorite movie of all time. Now to your category, romance. <laughs> my category. Your category. I... Wait, wait. Before we get into this, I think people need to know, Kenzie is a diehard book lover, and she reads dark romances, right? Like that's yeah. the majority. Romance of... in general, but yes, I Okay, romance in general, how many books are you reading per month on average? And the 500-page minimum. Yeah, and most of them, yeah. January, I read 36. (laughs) 36 books. (laughs) 36 books, ladies and gentlemen. There are 31 days in January. We are not talking about movies. We are talking about books. 36 books. This is your category. I trust you. I trust your opinion in this category. (laughs) Who do you have as your romance? And I know it's The Notebook. No, it's not. But I love the notebook. It's a good film. Um, I had a hard time with this one because I feel like I love comedy romances, but I feel like romance is separate from comedy romance. I agree. So, we did yeah. not put rom com as yeah. a um, as a genre in here. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. You could if you wanted to, but right. I just wanted to I see keep what you're it saying. to the genre. I put Pretty Woman. I love Pretty Woman. I love it. Love it. Great movie. Yes, Great choice. It is. It is. Thank you. Young Julia Roberts. <laughs> yes. What is his name? I always forget, but they are in two movies together. Yeah, they're also in Runaway Bride. Yes, yep. that's the one. Love it. Both of those are great, but Pretty Woman is just a classic. I love it. Do you feel like it holds up? Yes, I think it's awesome. Like the storyline alone, when you try to, it's like a prostitute who gets hired for a week by this rich dude. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> but it's so good. It works. <laughs> it takes the, once again, it, it kind of diminishes stereotypes. You know, uh-huh. what you think, when you think of like prostitute and you put your own image in your head, whatever that image is, this movie kind of breaks that down yeah. to the human core of just this person mm-hmm. and this other person and their connection. It's so romantic. I love it. Yeah, love they did a good job. What's hers? Nice. Um, My romance, recency bias, Past Lives. I knew it. This knew movie, in my opinion, this is a generational movie. Like, I, I just think it's my second favorite movie of the year. I, you know, it's it's told in three 12-year segments. It feels the most realistic. And I know romance films, you want to feel maybe something a little unrealistic. You want to kind of step away. To your point, you want to escape yep. sometimes. This one feels so true to just the emotions that stick with you from maybe a previous relationship or something that you once had with somebody or some first discovery that maybe you can never escape from um it it just tells it so well but there's also this understanding from every character involved that's human Mm -hmm. and it's real it's not disrespectful it's very appropriate even while it feels inappropriate at times so i i love past lives i will say a classic i grew up with nine older siblings so we watched a bunch of different types of films whether it was you know the the serious films or like the action-oriented films for my dad but my sisters were kind of big on these romance films growing up 
And so the notebook kind of has this, <laughs> this I don't know, this, this sharp memory for me of young Ryan Gosling and young Rachel McAdams and this journey told through <laughs> the lens of them as an older couple. And beautiful. yeah, it's, it's a beautiful film. And so great. that's a Nicholas Spark adaptation, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. So two good movies. So good. I, I think yours is also great. Pretty Woman, if you want to watch. So if you're a romance person, Past Lives is nominated for uh, plenty of Oscars for this year. And I believe uh, Pretty Woman might have been as well. Really? Either either way, I don't I can't remember to be completely honest. If you're out there, look it up. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, if you're out there, look it up. Message us right now. So oh, we just got a message. Okay, yeah, it looks like it was. Okay, sweet. Uh, science fiction, sci-fi. This is not your wheelhouse. No, but I put the prestige. Let's go. I said, I said we were gonna have a same movie but on a different in a genre different genre. Okay. I, put the prestige I love how I said there's a like in my description <laughs> of the prestige. There's, there's a little sci-fi. sci-fi. <laughs> I was like, there is. Yes. Tell me your experience with the prestige. Tell me I've like. I've only seen it once, and I want to watch it again so bad. But I remember that there was science in it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was science and there was fiction, and I think I paired the two, and this just worked. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I also I liked like the the mystery and the thriller and like the plot twists like the plot twists I remember to this day but I really want to rewatch and like look at all the details leading up to it so cool. yeah I love that one without you know giving anything away <laughs> who do you like more Hugh Jackman or Christian Bale not necessarily like their characters but who do you like more in the movie oh gosh I don't even remember really them like that okay. much I think I want to say Hugh Jackman though okay. They're both great. I don't think you can go wrong. I I think it's very much like a 50-50 pick. Yeah, and I have a very specific reason for saying that, but I can't give it away. Okay, deal. Deal. Uh, There's also young Scarlett Johansson in this movie. You have Michael Caine, the the wonderful Michael Caine. Yeah, I mean, David Bowie playing (laughs) Nikola Tesla. (laughs) Yes, Nikola Tesla made an appearance in The Prestige. (laughs) Yeah, spoiler, Nikola Tesla did not pass away, so... My, uh, I, I, this one is truly kind of a 50 50. Um, so I put Inception and Interstellar, and I know that's kind of cheating because no, they're both Christopher Nolan choices. movies, but I think both of them age exceptionally yeah. well, especially Inception. When I watch this, I mean, the story just becomes more palatable. You can kind of take mm. it in as you get older and as you start comprehending different struggles of your own life and different connections in different like for example we have a dog and mm-hmm. that like we feel this parental love to this dog and so if you build a connection of loving something that much uh-huh. then you start to comprehend romance more and you start to comprehend sentimental feelings mm-hmm. more and something watching this movie is understanding the depths of dreaming and the depths of like what they're doing because when i first watched this i was very confused i think it was 2010 when it first came out so mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how to comprehend this. I'm like 14 years old. But now when I rewatch it, it hits me different than anything else. So Interstellar is the same way. I feel very good about Interstellar. I, I It's a wonderful... Timothy's in that one. Timothy Chalamet is in that one. If anybody forgot, Timothy has worked with Christopher Nolan, but has nothing to say about him. I've always tried to find different like segments of his yeah. interviews to see if he has an opinion on Christopher Nolan. And he's never said anything. So what does that say? Yeah, he hates him. No, just kidding. Uh, great sci-fi picks. All Christopher Nolan. So all Christopher Nolan from both of us. Good job. So good job, Chris. <laughs> all right, thriller. Okay, I want to preface thriller is a very close to 
comedy and romance as my favorite genre. I love this, thrillers. This might be our most synonymous oh, one. Like the one yes. the one category that you and I can watch movies together and Gosh. love them both equally. I, yes, I totally agree. I love thrillers so much. My favorite thriller that I put down is Don't Worry Darling. Nice. Okay, you gotta you gotta talk on this. This is a controversial <laughs> pick. You and I both like this movie a lot. Yeah. And I know the general population does not like this movie, which I think is very, very um, political. Yeah. I don't think it's like, I think a lot of people took the off-screen stuff and made that a part of the movie, but the movie works. The movie is so good. Like, it's so good. And it's one of those ones that you can watch over and over and find something different and shocking every time. And I think one of the coolest parts about it is that in the end, you're left with like a million questions and... Oh, what's her name? Olivia Wilde? Yeah. Doesn't answer any of them. Like, you you come up with your own answers for, like, why was this scene? Like, what what did this mean in this scene? And there's so many different explanations that you can come up with that make sense, but none of it is confirmed. So it's it's just so... It's truly your it's perception so cool. of whatever you're taking from yes. the story to say, this is what it means. This, this is what yes. I'm taking this from This is a movie it. that I feel like I could talk about for hours because there's so many things about it that it's, like left up to interpretation but that can be like linked to a hundred different it's just so good one of the oh. greatest like no i wouldn't say greatest but i think it is a really captivating plot twist oh, a crazy a crazy like it's not dark, something you ever think is, yeah. is what is happening yeah so if you avoided um this movie to be completely honest watch like it. watch it you know and watch it open-minded because i know there was a lot of there was a lot of talk, you know, about the Spitgate thing, you know, of Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine <laughs> and Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles getting together and all this stuff that had nothing to yeah, do with the with product, movie. the actual product of the story. I think Florence Pugh is phenomenal. phenomenal. She Harry goes even does amazing. Yeah. And I, I know that like his accent seeps through every now and then. But then again, I don't want to give it anything away, sense. but there's it, makes, it sense. makes sense. It makes sense. Guys, watch this movie. Yes, watch if you this. Want to watch movie. it with us. Let us know. I'll rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> All right, my favorite thriller. I think this is the David Fincher category because David Fincher makes thrillers. Mm -hmm. um, I put seven. What's in the box? <laughs> um, but you could pick any David Fincher movie: Zodiac, Gone Girl. Um, I mean, he recently released The Killer, which is not as good in my opinion, but. He is the thriller king as a filmmaker. And Seven, for anybody who likes, you know, murder mystery thrillers, like this is a serial killer who's leaving clues mm. with every single kill that he has or every single killing yeah. that, that goes on. And it's all about the seven gre or the seven the uh, seven sins. Is yeah, that like what it is? Seven, seven deadly sins. sins. So. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And it's so captivating because there is, once again, the ending ties into everything that you're watching while the film is going so there's a lot to pay attention oh, to that there. kind of pulls it back in and of course you have young brad pitt opposite morgan freeman brad. and it's a really good duo so so good seven i'd recommend it um of course you you've definitely heard that famous what's in the box saying and that is where <laughs> it's from so we have two more categories Woo! war and western <laughs> Two that we don't visit often. No. So I'm curious. And you do not like war films or westerns. So, so I mean, here we are. So I did my interpretation of this. <laughs> so war, you say. Um, yeah. I said, you know what? I really enjoyed the war between uh, 
Hercules and <laughs> and uh, Hades. Yeah, I felt like that was yeah, a great really war. Great. <laughs> no, I actually I did put a war movie. I put Hacksaw Ridge. I knew this was your favorite. I love Hacksaw Ridge. That is one war movie that I actually deeply enjoy. Deeply enjoy. Yeah, they they lean more on the feel good side of the story than they do the like yeah. dark rigid like, side oh, of the war. I just I don't know how to describe it. I love those movies where like the main character is doubted by everyone else and then shows up. You know what I mean? And like proves everyone wrong. I love those movies and he totally does that. <laughs> I mean, we saw this in your Where the Crawdads Sing in your drama category. Yeah. Because that, that was the same yeah, thing. Yeah. It's these characters who are kind of doubted and then they prove everybody wrong. Yes. Oh, I love that. And Andrew Garfield does a really good job. I mean, you have Vince Vaughn in this movie. You have uh, Sam Worthington, mm-hmm. who I love. I think he's really, really good. And this is a feel-good story. Like, I think yeah. there's a moment throughout this film, and, you know, for anybody who hasn't seen it, I won't spoil it, but there is a moment where he's, it's like a montage, mm-hmm. and it's truly a feel-good, and, you know, you can see it as a little cheesy, but if you're into the story, you kind of get these chills because it's it's truly a, like, just one more, oh, you know, wow. and, and you're seeing this moment. It's really good. I like that movie yeah. a lot. That also came out during the same time my favorite movie came out. This was kind of, like, the five-year span of yeah these almost like over-dramatized war films that were almost relatable, in my yeah. opinion. But um, mine was Lone Survivor. This has stuck with me. This mm-hmm. has been one that is maybe just one that I grew up with a little bit. But when this first came out, um, my dad and I had a connection to this film because of the saying, you're never out of the fight, which Mike Murphy says. This is based on a true story. I mean, both Hacksaw Ridge and this movie are yeah. based on true stories. Uh, when I served my mission, which for anybody who doesn't know what a mission is, I, I used to be Mormon. And so I, I served in a Mormon mission in the Netherlands for two years and plenty of tough moments where I was just like, I don't think I want to do this. And my dad would always email me. And at the end of his emails, he would always have, you're never out of the fight. And I would respond back to him with that same thing hmm. just to kind of keep me level set and level headed. And so this movie has a deep connection in that way. I rewatched it recently with some friends. And they really enjoyed it as well. So I think it it holds up, but it is different than the We Were Soldiers or Saving Private Ryan or any of those like gritty, you know, 1917 type war films. Mm-hmm. Um, I also will say a, a more fun war film that I love is Inglorious Bastards, <laughs> where I just think Ryan. So <laughs> it does. It does have B.J. Novak who plays Ryan in the Office, and that is what Kenzie is referring so to. So many of these movies, I've thought of scenes from the Office, and because so many of these that we've talked about are brought up yeah, in the Office. That's true. <laughs> I saw Inception, or at least I dreamed I did. <laughs> so that's good. true. Um, and Glorious Bastards is a Quentin Tarantino film with Brad Pitt. It is so good. It is riveting, and it is kind of piercing. They, they, they touch on the taboo subjects of the Nazis and that time period quite a bit, but they make it a lot of fun. It's it's almost comedic. Yeah. So, all right, last category, Western. Yeah. I think this is probably, this is my least favorite category. This was probably my least favorite category, but The Reach I Took is one of my favorite movies. Oh, okay. What did you pick? Footloose. Well, you're going to have to explain this to me. <laughs> I've never seen Footloose, but I don't see it's Western in Footloose. <laughs> yeah, man. It's- <laughs> They have cowboy hats. Blind <laughs> <laughs> <The> dance. <laughs> I think we have a different uh, perception it's of Western. It's totally the Western. It's totally 
in my mind, I'm thinking Clint Eastwood, John Wayne. No, man, why would I do that? Dirt Rose. Like, I, I would have even, you know, considered Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because they film a Western TV series in the movie. If that's if that's acceptable. Mine is too. They have cowboy boots and hats and they do line okay, dancing. Okay, old that's or new? A new. Okay, do you like the old one? I no? like the old one. Yeah, I just love the new one. Okay. <laughs> Has Miles Teller in it. Damn, come on. <laughs> I've never seen Footloose, and so I apologize to any Footloose diehards that are listening to this. Footloose but enthusiasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Foot enthusiasts? Oh, Footloose enthusiasts. I see. Okay. Uh, my Western is Django Unchained. This is a, oh, that's a good one. This, this is a Quentin Tarantino oh, film, so on that same trend. This is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. I just think Jamie Foxx is phenomenal. I love Christoph Waltz, who is one of my favorite actors of all time. He plays the dentist, but also the bounty hunter. Um, the dentist bounty hunter, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, really, really good film. I think Quentin Tarantino, I mean, he's making his last film right now. It's called The Movie Critic. Brad Pitt signed on to, to star in this film. And I'm so excited because he has this, this personal attachment to the foundation of cinema, the foundation of Los Angeles, and I feel like he does that in all of his films. I mean, this is the infamous Leonardo DiCaprio breaking the glass and, oh. you know, bleeding and, and still acting. This movie just kind of compartmentalizes all these incredible performances from Samuel L. Jackson, from obviously the characters or the actors we, we mentioned, into this kind of deeply thoughtful story of like empowerment and segregation mm -hmm. in that time period and helping each other regardless of the societal trends. I love it, and I mm -hmm. think it is the best western I've seen. I don't. I like old westerns. I think they're fine. I just don't crave them. I don't mm -hmm. look at. I don't look for them. I'm not like a John Wayne or Clint Eastwood enthusiast <laughs> by any means. But yeah, I think yeah. it's my favorite. Are you a fan of the, that movie, uh, Django Unchained? Oh yes, I love Django Unchained. That one is so good. Oh, it's hilarious, yeah. and it's so good. Oh, and gore and terrifying. Yeah, very oh, gory, so very uh, terrifying. <laughs> wow, sixteen categories. That was a lot. We did good, though. I was going to say, you know, we <laughs> if you were to choose one, because I do a movie recommendation at the end of all of these episodes, but we just gave like at least 35 <laughs> recommendations. So I'm going to ask you, choose one movie from these genres that we did as your movie recommendation. I'll give you three. Deal. Okay. Deal. <laughs> three. Austin Land, if you want funny okay. stuff, romance. Um, don't worry, darling. For suspense, thriller, mystery-ish, and Coraline. Nice. Three, three. Three very different movies. I like mm -hmm. that. Okay. Um, mine's going to be The Green Mile. I'm yes. going to give that one. I feel like it's not watched by many people today. It was watched quite a bit when I was younger. So The Green Mile, if you want a deeply thought-provoking, sentimental, and powerful movie, go with that one. Kent, thank you for joining. This has oh, been fun. Did you have fun? Yeah. Did you have a good time? I did. Okay. Great time. Is this your first podcast you've ever done? We, yeah. Ever on anybody's podcast? I know it's crazy. Yeah. I was born for the for the radio. She was born for the the vocals. <laughs> yes. Thank you for joining. This Thanks, was very friend. nice. Uh, for anybody listening, thank you. This was fun to go through our favorite movies, depending on the genre, and picking and choosing, kind of breaking down the barrier of like best, and this is why I have to prove this to you. And more so saying, hey, these are just our personal favorites. So if you have personal favorites, let us know. I think it would be fun to kind of swap them out and say, yeah, let me try what you're watching and see if I feel something similar. But if you do not watch movies, just watch more. I think that's the solution. I've said that before. Uh, but thank you. Be kind to each other. Have a good week. And we'll talk soon. Peace. Ooh.